Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will help empower you and grow your business and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I'm very excited to have Morgana Ray as my guest. And let me tell you a little bit about Morgana. So Morgana is a 20-time international number one best-selling author, mentor, coach, and she is regarded to be the world's number one authority on relationships with money. Her groundbreaking approach to love-centered wealth building has featured her on the Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, and all major television networks, coast-to-coast radio, and hundreds more. Morgana's fans call her the money goddess because of the many documented stories of clients manifesting unexpected income of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, and hundreds of thousands even over a million dollars within hours of changing the relationship with money. A pioneer in personal development for over 28 years, Morgana writes, speaks, and coaches from a desire to empower idealistic entrepreneurs, artists, healers, and humanitarians to have a big impact on the world and to heal the rift between heart, spirit, and money. So Morgana is, this is a personal thing. She's 26 weddings deep in getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries to one man. Such a great story. We'll talk about that too. Our episode is how, how to attract money like a lover. Please join me in welcoming Morgana Ray. Thank you so much. Such an impressive background. Well, thank you. And the big joke, especially given the title of our show, is I started out and where I am today is rooted in my very spectacular failure to make money for many years doing everything that I was supposed to do, getting the, oh gosh, the, all the certificates and trainings and grades and celebrity testimonials and the marketing content and doing all that the public speaking the taglines all the stuff I was supposed to be doing so huge failure in making money before I made the change that I'll share with you today and then 10 years later when I was already 45 years old and never married not for lack of trying since I chased Brian Patterson under the piano on his fifth birthday and he was the older man, I did the same process on my relationship with love. 
met my husband two months later, got married for the first time when I was 47 years old. And yeah, we're 26 weddings deep into getting married 100 times in 100 countries. And I bring that up because money and love are linked, especially mm. for women in so many ways. So when we talk about changing your relationship with money, we're going to be going a lot deeper than just the money stuff. Yeah, the, the money stuff is really, really important, especially for women, especially for women leaders. Mm -hmm. But even as human beings, money is the number one excuse that we give for everything we can't have, do, or be. Yeah. So we have to handle that first. Very good. So before we get into the meat all, of all this, tell everyone where you live. Which in sunny, usually sunny Long Beach, California, beach oh. town about a half hour south of Los Angeles. I have been there. I love Long Beach. Excellent. So do I. So <clears throat> how do you make money to fall in love with you? <laughs> Please tell us. <laughs> well, first you have to start with what's not working. Yeah. And that's there are a lot of very well-intentioned programs. I would say the majority of coaching programs are all about positive thinking and uh, having a millionaire mindset and replacing negative beliefs about money with positive beliefs. Great, great, great. None of that worked for me, mm. not for lack of trying. And I believe that a, a mindset, well, great and useful, and I love our minds, our smart minds, that's not where the real change happens. We've learned that the lion's share of our beliefs and attitudes and actions arise spontaneously from our subconscious. So we really mm -hmm. have to change below our conscious beliefs. Mm -hmm consciously we can spend hours and hours and hours just discussing negative beliefs and positive beliefs and it'll be fascinating and nothing will change so we have to go really deep into the heart like mm. i like to talk about a millionaire heart set so the place to begin is with the heartbreak with mm. what is not working and getting really honest so to my law of attraction listeners love you and please Take off your positive thinking, high vibe, law of attraction hat temporarily. You get to have it later, but it gets in the way of any real breakthrough. It creates a sort of neutral, sticky place. Mm. Uh, I like to talk about alchemy. I call my process financial alchemy. Alchemy is the transmutation of lead in human experience, lead into gold. Our, our wounds, mm. our vulnerabilities, all of our most painful experiences, and we turn that into spiritual and material gold. So any victim experience that you've ever had becomes really, really valuable and powerful. It becomes a good thing that you've already paid for. Like we don't have to go on that ride again, mm -hmm. but now you get to use it. So to make money fall in love with you. And you'll you'll get the irony of that phrase as we move along. Honestly, you have to get rid of what is in between you and the love. Mm. Wow. And that's what I call the monster. <laughs> the monster 
is the relationship that isn't working. And when I talk about your money monster, we can start with any trauma or disappointment or fear that you might have associated with money. We can start there. But in my experience, doing this thousands of times over the last 20 years and having clients starting at zero and my client Perry uh, Jones Grossman is now in the tens of millions. But when she hired me, she had zero. And it was dramatic getting it together to be able to work with me. Mm-hmm. So by the way, I, I mentioned that because wherever you are, you can use this and use the pain and the challenge and the fear as leverage for a really dramatic change. So you don't need to have it all together. In fact, that can get in your way mm-hmm. because you just have to dig a little deeper. But to get rid of the monster, I said, we can start with money stories, but you'll never, ever, ever find the monster there. Mm. It's in what money represents. Because if you think about it, money is complete make-believe. Yeah. We invented it. It doesn't exist out in nature. We invented this idea that yeah. one purse is worth $5 and another purse is worth 5000 but they're really just bags. So what money represents is why it is such a problematic, sticky, weird thing for human beings, mm-hmm. where we get very, all of our shame all of our fear, all of our anxiety comes up. And it's because money represents love and our lovability. Are we loved? Mm. Are we valued? It represents our worth. Mm. Are we worthy? It represents our safety. Am I safe? Is the world a safe place that wants and loves me? And then finally, and I just added this one this year, is it also represents power. And I think that's important to presence because women have a very uh, tricky relationship with power. Yeah, it's true. We're resented if we have it, but we have to have it. Mm-hmm. So for <laughs> the future of humanity and life on earth really depends on the empowerment of women. Yes. So totally agree to make space for a relationship with money that loves you and respects you and admires you and wants to be with you, we have to get rid of the bad boyfriend first. (laughs) So anybody listening or watching who has ever had a really cringeworthy, oh my God, I can't believe that I was in that relationship mm-hmm. and you may be in it now. But I think, you know, most of us, it's kind of, you know, a thing we do and hopefully never have to do again. Where you had that boyfriend who mm-hmm. put you down, cheated on you, would come and go, would tell you that you're he's the best you're ever going to get or she or they, depending on your flavor. And just made you feel like you should be grateful for the crumbs and that you were worth nothing. If you ever had that partner who gaslighted you and and just made you feel worthless, 
that's the kind of relationship we're talking about with money. Mm -hmm. Like not enough, not reliable, comes and goes, doesn't treat you like you're worthy. And that's the relationship we want to get rid of. Um, and I should also probably let you in on a secret. Every time I talk about relationship with money, I'm really talking about relationship with life. Mm. It is a mirror of our life issues. Mm. I think, and and I'm sure you would agree with me, Vicki, because you're a coach too, that the universe gets our attention for our evolution mm -hmm. through three primary teachers, which are love and money and health. Yeah. But money will get your attention faster than anything else. Because without money, everything else goes away very quickly. We just right. can't live. Mm -hmm. So if that's your teacher, congratulations. You get to grow and have a breakthrough right now. So are some people destined to struggle with money? Oh, I love that question. Some people are born without that challenge, whether, you know, maybe you're Paris Hilton or you were just dropped onto earth really smart about it or you figured it out. I have met people with really healthy relationships with money. I've also coached billionaires. So it's not as it seems, mm. you know, it's, I've coached clients who are in couches and public assistance, and I've coached clients who are the one percenters too. Mm. And they both have drama and anxiety and a fear of not enough. So I would say some of us, it's, you know, it, it's not a level playing field. Mm -hmm. and some of us drop to earth with bigger challenges and we inherit a lot of stuff. If you are the descendants of slaves, mm. whether it's the, the Great Crossing or the Holocaust or colonization on you know any part of earth, whatever it is. Uh, or descendants of poverty or whatever mm -hmm. drama, we carry that forward with our with our outlook. We inherited it from our family and our environment. You didn't invent your monster yourself. You're not crazy. By the way, if you're struggling to make money or conversely, you're great at making money and even greater at it slipping away. <laughs> I would say because there's, so much out there telling you what's wrong with you and oh you're your worst enemy and you're sabotaging yourself i believe none of that i believe none of that i believe that you're actually incredibly self-loving and wise and you're there you're not mistaken you really are protecting yourself from pain mm. And you are actually very successful at protecting yourself from a real threat. The problem is that protection could end up killing you because you need the money. Yeah. And having a really good friction-free relationship with money allows you to focus all your attention on love, lifestyle, and legacy, which is what makes human beings happy, love, yeah. lifestyle, and legacy. So yeah. I would say, no, nobody is destined we can show up with challenges mm -hmm. 
I am a poster child for that. <laughs> I I don't think I said this, but I was hinting at it, but like I I graduated from a very prestigious East Coast college with great grades. And I, and by the way, I, I graduated as a National Merit Scholar from high school, even with a catastrophic brain trauma and homelessness and all sorts of drama. So I'm a good student. And I had all these coaching certifications and celebrity clients and testimonials and and talents and success stories and marketing and public speaking. And I was making a hundred dollars a month in Los Angeles. Oh wow. Not How do for lack of time. <laughs> and that hundred was sketchy. I wasn't surviving. I was living completely on debt. Mm. I had superhuman powers to repel money despite doing everything I was supposed to be doing. If you ever, ever, ever find yourself in that situation where you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing over and over and over again, and you are not getting the results that you should be getting and it doesn't make sense, you are subconsciously probably protecting yourself from what you're pursuing. And the trick to change that is to look under the hood and find out what you are protecting yourself from and what you are going to look for, especially when it has to do with money. Sure, start with the negative money stories. <laughs> I know lots of coaches love to say, change your money story, change your life. Great marketing, by the way. Does not work in my experience. What does work is what is behind the money. What is behind the money? Anything that ever made you feel unloved, unsafe, unworthy, or powerless, mm -hmm. especially stuff that may not look like it has anything to do with money because everything has to do with money. So if your parents didn't make you feel loved and safe, that was your first negative relationship with money. Every time somebody said, oh, you can't afford it, or we can't afford it, money became the bad guy. If the kid, if the other school kids rejected you or a teacher told you that you were worthless or you were betrayed by romantic partners or business partners or bosses or car accidents or illnesses or violence, anything that made the world feel unsafe and like it didn't want you, mm. everybody who rejected you, the thing that you did that you have shame around, any of that, that's where we dig. That's the first step is uncovering the root cause of the money drama or what I like to call the money monster. Mm -hmm. Because when you make it a person, it becomes real. It's no longer abstract. I don't think I, I shared my story, but I uh, very, very quickly. So I told you about, you know, it's almost like Dr. Evil, $100. It's just so <laughs> tiny. Uh, not enough for anything in Los Angeles. And I was taking all these classes to fix the problem. I was taking more classes in marketing, being told to do what I was already doing and public speaking and business cards and all of it. And I took this class on overcoming sales objections and I learned how to overcome the sales objections and seven people in a row, I overcame their objections because I'm a good student. And seven people in a row did not show up and did not pay me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was the moment I fell apart, like gave up hope, seriously. Just, I that was my Hail Mary, I'd already done everything. Mm -hmm. 
And it still didn't work. It was like the universe was laughing at me in a really mean way. And I, I didn't want to be around anymore. I was in that kind of super dark, scared, enraged place. And I remember mm-hmm. pulling the curtains closed in my little one bedroom that I couldn't afford and getting on my bed and just screaming and crying and raging and pouring my heart out and crying myself out until I had nothing left. And it was at that moment that I got really curious what was going on inside of me that couldn't be with money, which was not a thought I had ever had before, Mm. but something didn't make sense. And I had a call with my coach, which is crazy, no money for rent, but I still had a coach. (laughs) Thank goodness, because it saved my life, really. Mm. Uh, And I'd been working with him for months, doing everything he told me to do, nothing changed. But on this day, when I was in that deep pit of despair, pouring out to him everything that didn't work, he asked me a really weird question that changed the course of my life. And by the way, this is where you want to lead in because this is where we're going to answer the question, how to make money fall in love with you. He asked me, if your money was a person, who would your money be? And in that moment, and I had no idea that this was going to come up, but I saw this instantly, this imaginary, big, scary, dirty, violent biker dude who terrified me, was all bad, all dangerous, all evil, wanted to harm me. Mm. And that was my relationship with money. And I could imagine myself at a live event with my eye on him all the time to create maximum distance. And that was the light bulb moment. Oh my God, that's why no matter what I did, I couldn't let money in because it was going to kill me. And I didn't know that I felt that way until I made money a person. And then it all made sense. There was no way that I could have money in my life if it was that guy. And I had to get rid of him. Where did that guy come from? That guy came from, in my case, a lot of childhood experiences of family members fighting Mm. about money, uh, not speaking to each other for decades, Mm. a lot of anxiety and on safety, my mother's suicide attempt, Uh, ancestral history of genocide uh and a lot of things happening in the world that i don't like like injustice and poverty and suffering Mm -hmm. so all of that together was the root cause of my monster that money wasn't safe that money caused fights that money got in the way of love and i'm the person who always chooses love Mm -hmm. when Issues came up mostly when I was 12 and 14 years old. I had to make a decision Be when adults were fighting, stealing my inheritance, all sorts of stuff. I, I made a very wise decision at that time uh, that that was all adult stuff. And I was just going to choose to love everybody. Mm. not knowing that I was also unconsciously associating money getting in the way of love. 
and the belief that I couldn't be loved and have money too. That was my first monster. Mm. Mostly it was just the sense of mortal danger. So I had to get rid of him, Mm. which created a new problem because I lived in LA and I had just gotten rid of my only relationship with money. And I could feel the vacuum. It was like, I never knew it was there. And now there was all this emptiness. And because at that time, I just sort of decided to break up with him. By the way, if you've ever broken up with somebody, very useful skill here. Uh, I teach differently now, just based on coaching thousands of people and seeing who gets the best results. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little more bloodthirsty now with <laughs> like getting rid of the monster. The drama is very yeah. useful, creates a lot of energy. So got rid of the monster and realized oh dear, I need to have a relationship with money. It's not enough just to get rid of the monster. I have to have a positive relationship with money. Who could I want so much that I want this person even though it's money? And in that moment, when I asked that question, my coach, this was long after the coaching call, I'm on my own thinking, wow, now I have no relationship with money. Who could I want so much? The person who showed up was like the complete opposite of the monster. Mm. New person was this tall, dark, handsome, romantic, sweet, clean cut, super safe, super romantic, super loving, Mm. cute guy dressed up in a tuxedo, holding a bouquet of red flowers, wanting to woo me, Mm. which was a very, very different feeling and kind of shocking. Yeah. I hadn't ever thought that way. And I could feel how much he wanted to be with me, which created a new problem was I realized, wow, he really wants to be with me. And I have no experiencing uh, experience <laughs> allowing money to be with me. Yeah. So I asked, I asked, what do you need to allow you to be with me the way you want to be with me? And the great thing is when you ask, your mind instantly plugs in an answer. And when I have the person outside of me, it's a way of stepping around all of my own neuroses and limitations (laughs) and blah, 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 blah. So I'm now getting this like really great unfiltered info. Uh, Clients love to ask me, when, when we're talking about their money, honey, is it me or is it my money, honey? And my answer is yes because it's both yeah but it's it's like access to seeing yourself seeing yourself through the eyes of love where you get to look exactly how you look and be and sound and talk and do exactly as you are And you are adorable and gorgeous and lovable exactly as you are. And that heals so much. Uh, Second secret. When I talk about relationship with money, I told you before, uh, it's really code for your relationship with life. Mm. It's also code for your relationship with self. Mm. Now it is a mirror of how lovable you are in a positive way. Mm. how deserving you are in a positive way, how creative and resourceful and powerful 
and responsible. You are in a positive way because you are this new, what I call the money, honey. I call it money, but it will feel like love. Mm. I call it money because money is that area of our life, especially as women, that desperately needs our love and our healing mm. for our own empowerment and our own evolution. Yeah. And honestly, for the survival of humanity and life mm. on the planet, we need a very different, healthy, loving, expansive, generous relationship with money. Mm. So I asked my money, honey, what he needed from me that very first time back in 2003, 20 years ago. And he said he needed me to love him and to stop treating him like a monster. Mm. And he said it was such sweetness and vulnerability. And I know that ooh, loving money brings up a, a lot of baggage. So I want to say very, very quickly, because we've all heard that trope the love of money is the root of all evil yeah that was going and through a, my mind as you of were saying course, <laughs> from a very recent english translation of a very ancient book that didn't say that in the original language it originally said the worship of money will cause you problems to which i would say absolutely but i want to address love love is not greed Love is not scarcity. Love is not avarice. Love does not cause harm. Love is divine. Love is generous. Love is noble. Love is expansive. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. Love is who we want to be. So love is never evil. Something that causes harm is not love. So when my money, honey, and you know, my this this new imaginary relationship with money, who is worthy of my deepest trust and admiration and respect, who chooses me over everybody in the world because it's my relationship, who is mm -hmm. love incarnate, well, not really incarnate because it's imaginary, so he doesn't have a body. Um, when he says, "I need you to love me," it's like love saying, "I need you to love, love." Yeah. I need you to be the best person you can be because that's what will make me happy. That's what will let me in. That's so good. So I said, okay, that sounds fair. So how <laughs> long did it take you to stop that spiraling that you were doing? It took that moment. It took that moment. When my money, honey, told me that, I instantly thought of all the times that people who wanted to hire me would ask me, what I charged or a euphemism for that. How do you work? Uh, and I would freeze and choke and get all anxious and embarrassed and ashamed as if money were this horrible, stinky, shameful secret that I shouldn't have anything to do with. Mm -hmm. And they could feel my discomfort. And that's why I would drive away the most determined people who wanted to hire me. And I never knew I was doing it until that moment that I was putting it all together. Mm -hmm. So I made a deal with my money, honey, that next time he brought me a gift, which usually looked like a client, I would say, thank you. Nice. So somebody would say, what do you charge? I would state the fee with the energy of, and isn't he luscious? Yeah. 
And four people hired me immediately after it, double what I'd ever charged before. Mm -hmm. And they kept coming and they kept coming. I have made millions of dollars. I own my million dollar house in Southern California. I travel the world getting married now. <laughs> and I started stru by struggling to make $100 a month. Yeah. So here's another secret. I, I said that I was going to teach you how to make money fall in love with you. But the thing is, is when you get rid of the monster, the monster is everything that does not love you. Everything that makes mm -hmm. you want to not be alive. The monster is like, if we're going to get all Freudian, it's like the death wish. Everything mm -hmm. that makes life so painful that you feel like you don't belong here. When we put that in the monster and we reject the monster. And by the way, I now recommend you reject the monster in the most gory, <laughs> dramatic, permanent way. Yes. Yes. And and leave no bloody bits to reconstitute <laughs> into a monster, monster zombie. Like, get it gone completely. Very dramatic. When it's gone, all that's left is love. And when you meet your money, honey, when you make the decision that you've, re I reject my monster and I reject everything that I no longer will allow in my life experience. It does not belong with me. Boom, gone. And now you have room to meet your money, honey. All that's left is love. Mm -hmm. And because it's your relationship with money, the first rule of your money, honey, is your money, honey, loves and chooses you over everybody in the world mm. and that love is unconditional presence is conditional in every relationship there are people that we love but we love from a distance for our safety or theirs or whatever mm. you know if somebody is self-destructing sometimes we have to remove ourselves mm-hmm when you are self-destructing, your money, honey, may remove himself or herself or themselves. It's, again, your flavor, just because it, it's so painful to watch somebody you love yeah. harming themselves. Or maybe you get complacent, or maybe you forget and you start unconsciously pushing money away. And if and when that happens, no big deal create a new monster, start again. <laughs> and I promise you on the other side, you will have an even deeper, more evolved relationship with your money, honey, mm -hmm. because that's part of your evolution. It's sort of the way the universe gets your attention. Hello, yeah. time to love yourself more. Yeah. Time to get your next message for your next step of who you are here to become. And I'm gonna get your attention in the way that it's going to get your attention. Um, I was a religion major at Smith College. That's, you know, my background. After the dramatic brain injury and all that. Um, I don't recommend brain injuries if you can avoid it. Uh, <laughs> but so I, I ran off and got this exotic religion degree. My poor father was like, why can't you get a real major? But it turns out I use it all the time. And in Indian religion, 
the supreme god shiva the lord of death and destruction there i have the statue of him with all of his hands and his leg up and he's standing on one leg and he's dancing on this poor person who is us we're mm -hmm. that person with god dancing on our back and god is dancing on our back to get our attention so that we will let go of everything that makes us suffer mm -hmm. And Buddhism came out of that, which has that same kind of fundamental, very, I think, useful way of looking at the world that everything that challenges us is happening for us. Yeah. James yeah. Campbell and I think Goethe talk about learning to love our circumstances. Not because we want to keep them. And I really don't want anybody to suffer. And I'm sorry that you had your horrible experiences. And I know you have because you're a human being mm -hmm. and you're listening to a podcast about empowerment and personal growth. That, those are some clues. <laughs> and I want them to be treasures for you. I want them to be the key that unlocks everything you ever wanted. And the way to do that is to first go in the wrong direction, like a slingshot go fearlessly into the monster put on your victim hat with full commitment and build a case against the universe and pull that band just far enough to light up all your neurology and really really feel all that's wrong and when i say all i don't mean all you don't have to get it all you don't have to re-traumatize yourself. You don't have to go so far that you dissociate. You just need enough to go, ugh. And that's when you can blame it on this imaginary outside person that is, you'll call your money monster. It's not going to be you. It's not going to be your parents. It's not going to be anybody you're living with. It's not going to be your roommate, please. Because on level, on step three, you're going to annihilate, annihilate the monster. <laughs> So that it's not there. Mm -hmm. Step four is now you meet love and we call this loving being who adores you, your money, honey, because we want to have that kind of relationship with money who shares your values and thinks you're awesome and powerful and amazing and wants to save the world with you, mm. whatever that looks like for you. Then you have a conversation with your money, honey. What does he, she, or they need to really fully be with you? And you'll have other conversations and other questions. If you're facing like, oh, what do I do in my, in my work? Sit on your couch. Sit on, imagine sitting on a couch, cuddling with your money, honey, looking at it together as a couple. Mm. Step outside of all of your fears and limitations and see it as it really is through the eyes of your money, honey. And then determine your next step. And that's the last step. Step number six is then take concrete measurable action. This is super duper important because everything before that was like, ooh, like in the ethers in our head, really great stuff. But when we take an action, it becomes real. Mm -hmm. Embodied, if we want real physical, tangible results, take real physical, tangible action, even if it doesn't look like it makes sense. And do what you commit to doing to your money, honey, because that tells you that you are trustworthy 
And the key word here is worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's when things shift. Awesome. Well, this has been awesome. And we, um, it's time now for rapid fire. So I just have two. Okay. The, well, actually one, because we just actually covered the first one. So how do you abolish your financial anxiety? Is it creating that monster or? Yeah, dig deep, throw in anything that makes you feel unsafe, powerless, unlovable, unworthy. Eating disorders, especially Mm -hmm. for women. Oh, our appearance, the whole thing. That's another good place to look. Just anything that makes you feel insecure and pack it in and then give it personhood. And by the way, full disclosure, I'm a terrible visualizer. If you ask me to sit down and imagine sitting by a river for uh, (laughs) some kind of visualization, I will spend the entire visualization (laughs) trying to figure out which river, where the trees are. Yeah, I just will be spinning in circles. So what I recommend, because some of you, great, easy, fabulous, doesn't have to be. I this is another big secret. When I'm coaching a client, I like to start with how big is it? How big is your monster? The bigger, by the way, the bigger, the better. You want it to, it creates more energy. How big is the monster? Uh, I might ask, is the monster hot or cold? Mm. I might ask, what does it smell like? Because smell is so emotional. It's not a rational thing. It's Mm -hmm. all emotional. And then I might ask, what does its fingernails look like? What does its eyeballs look like? What mm. is it, its hair look? And just kind of ease into the visual part, which is not, I think, ever as important as the feeling. But I want to flesh it out and make it feel as real as possible because that's what creates the maximum neuroplasticity to rewire your brain to have a different response to money as a trigger. A trigger is neutral. It can trigger freak out and it can trigger deliciousness. And we want to, we want to go to the delicious side of the spectrum. And also the same with the money, honey. What does it feel like to be in his arms? What does he smell like? What does he sound like? What is it like to be with him? And then maybe what does his hair look like? What is he wearing? Or she or they, again, you know, it. whatever lights you up. Do you recommend for your folks to do keep a journal and kind of put all this down in a journal to help them visualize it or? Well, I have a journal. <laughs> there you go. It's a number one international bestseller in nine countries. Uh, So yeah, you can just keep your own journal, but I created a book to walk you through the six steps. I cover some stuff in the book that I won't have remembered to include here. The first half of the book is all about financial alchemy, all about your relationship with money, slaying the monster, keeping Mm -hmm. the relationship great after you initially, you know, swap your monster for your honey. And then the second half of the book is a day-to-day-to-day-to-day, easy-peasy system that I developed for myself 25 years ago (laughs) on magic and manifestation, like how to stay on track every week in your relationship with money and how to overachieve your goals with the least amount of effort, as if by magic. Very good. Thank you for asking. (laughs) 
We must be on the same wavelength here. All right. So for those that are just listening, the website that you want to write down is https colon forward slash forward slash www.morganarae.com. That's morganaray.com. So that's the website that you want to take note of. That's her name.com. She's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube, you can uh, check out some of the past videos that she's done. But I'm going to have her talk to you a little bit about what she alluded to, the Morgana's free love or money love assessment. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so my my gift for anybody here is at DoesMoneyLoveYou.com. And I understand everybody is starting somewhere different. We're all on the same journey. And the journey is the financial freedom to focus fully on love, lifestyle, and legacy. I believe love, lifestyle, and legacy are the only true reasons for money to exist. And as soon as people are pursuing it for other reasons is when things get messy. So we're all on that journey. We're all on different places on that journey. So I created this quiz, totally pain-free, non-judgmental. It's just, it will give you a snapshot of where you're already strong because everybody is strong in some places and you've got challenges in others. And based on your responses to the money love quiz, I will make recommendations for what to do next. And I will always, always, always include a free gift as a recommended next step. Awesome. All right. I so just, again, that's doesmoneyloveyou.com. Again, doesmoneyloveyou.com to take the money love assessment. And go ahead. I cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one size really doesn't fit all. So I want to make sure that I'm, you know, sending you what is going to be the best fit for what you need at this point. Awesome. Just want to. Thank you again, Morgana, for being such a wonderful guest. It's been so enlightening. And um, I think it's going to be really valuable to the audience to listen to this more than one time and definitely to go and get your journal and take that love assessment, that love money assessment. So as always, thank you. And I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.